Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Listen, I I have been, uh, if I've talked with any of you guys in the last few days, you know I have been bubbling with excitement for today. <laughs> Baptism is amazing. And I, I hit the other side of the coin the last few weeks about this thing, is baptism is not magic, right? You don't drop somebody in the water and they come out a frog, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's not this magical thing. In the same way, here, anybody here, you, you went and got married hoping that by getting married it would solve all your problems? No, no people are like, I, yes, that was me, right? <laughs> but you realize after the fact. The thing is, is it's not magic, but it is an act of faith. And when you make an act of faith, faith is trust, God shows up. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And then at the end, all of those of you who have already said you're interested in baptism or through the process of this message say, I want baptism, you guys just go over there and line up and we'll get, get going in, uh, after that. So just keep that in mind. Oh, so guys, we were in Colossians. So let's just go grab two verses out of Colossians. What we went over last week or chapter two, and uh, we'll go ahead and let's do, we're going to do um, verse 12. Having been buried with him, who's him? Jesus. And if you don't know, if you're not shooting, how could you find out who the him is? Go back. Go back. Simple, simple. Having been ba- buried with him in baptism. That's a weird, anybody think that's a weird phrase? Buried with him in baptism. We'll get to it. In which you have, were also raised with him through what? Faith. Faith, faith, faith. Everything in the kingdom happens through faith alone, through trust, through faith in the working of God, not our work, but his working, who raised him, who's him? Jesus from the dead. Well, let's flip over to to, uh, uh, Romans 6 to kind of open up what this is talking about. If we could flip to that verse, that'd be great. Oh, you don't have it on there? What is wrong with me? Well, I, I screwed up. So, well, it's in the Bible. So uh, if you have phones, it should be on Google somewhere. All right, Romans chapter 6. He's, he's making this whole thing. He said in chapter 5, you have been justified with Christ, uh, justified through faith in Christ. You have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's five verse one. What is he saying? He said, whatever the barrier, the separation was between you and God, Jesus destroyed it with his body. With his broken body, he tore the veil and he opened the way to to the Father. And we have peace, right relationship with God through which all the power and life of heaven flows through us. And he said, so if that's the case, then we have this grace, this power of God. The grace of God is not the freedom to sin. It is the freedom from sin. It is the power of God to do the will of God. You know, people are like, there's just too much grace. That's like saying there's too much God. Can you, listen, anybody figured out you can't do this life on your own? 
We were never meant to, and we were never meant to do it by tagging him in when things get hard. We were meant to do it with him every step of the way. And so in this place, he he addresses the question in the room, verse one of chapter six. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Anybody here, you only discovered what grace was when your efforts had ended in a horrible mess, aka horrible sin. Two of us? Okay, blink twice. Take comfort that everybody else is blinking right? No, no. Everybody's like, no, not me. I'm fine. No. The reality is when we realize all of our efforts fall short, that's what sin means, that that is when we discover what grace is. I've shared this before. I was raised in a very religious home uh, and I came to know Jesus at 15 when I came to the end of myself um, in, in dealing my inner wor- with my inner world. But anybody here, you discovered grace and then walked back into your own efforts? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you can always tell when you've walked into your own efforts because the fruit of the Spirit is no longer your daily diet. That's the first sign. That's like, that's like, that's like the, the, you know, the first sign that you have the disease of self-works. And uh, anybody know this? Okay, so men, we don't do this. Any, any of you guys, when you get symptoms of a disease, you just try harder? Yeah, whatever, I'm okay, suck it up, Kemper right? Where the ladies are like, no, we're treating this. <laughs> True? Listen, we got to be like the ladies on this. The minute you have the symptom of lack of joy, the, symptom, the moment we have a symptom of lack of peace, the moment we have a system of lack of love, instead of trying to justify it, instead of trying to explain it, instead of trying to figure it out, figure out who to blame for it. Anybody here? I would have peace if it wasn't for you. <laughs> I could have joy but you are in my life. <laughs> Do you think God is bigger than the person that's in your life? Yes. The moment I recognize I don't have what he has provided, that should be my sign to run back to him. Yeah. But we're slow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So we just, um, we trade in joy for accusation and judgment and hope to, it will bring forth fruit. And does it bring forth fruit? Oh, I don't know about you. I've created some really good fruit. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? What happens when you trade in joy and peace, which is where I, my life is hidden with Christ and God. I am protected in him and I trade it in for accusation and judgment. What, hap- what happens to relationships? Not your relationships. I'm mean, theoretically. Talk about mine. They die. I distance myself from you, right? You are now my enemy. Offense. You build a fence of offense right? To protect yourself. And what happens is it's actually vastly diminishing returns on life. And so for me, uh, as many of you know, I was, I was married before in my early twenties and it all went south. And after a divorce, I basically realized I have no hope. And I spent a year ignoring God. Anybody done a year in Egypt? You know what I'm talking about? Three, four, I see that hand right here. We're like, oh no, I'll outdo you. I spent a year and I remember at the end of the year, I sensed, I realized I hadn't sought God for a year. And I was like, but in that moment, I had this revelation that although I'd never sought him, I'd never done any of the deeds of religion, he had never left me and his presence was with me every step of the way. And anybody here discovered that even though you paid for the penalty of sin, it never showed up on your doorstep? 
I was shocked because I realized I'd done my best to discover the ends of grace and I hadn't found them. I discovered grace in my brokenness, in my sin, but God, do you know God doesn't need you to sin for God's grace to show up? And this is what he's saying. He's like, listen, you can get it twisted that you learned grace by your own stupidity, but you don't need to be stupid to be able to enjoy God's grace. You don't have to because otherwise we get in this cycle of sin. And he said, no, he said, by no means. We, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? So this word baptized, it, it means a couple things. It means to dunk. That's what it means. But it also, as we learned with George and Banoff, it means to pickle. And who are my canners? Okay, so it's really fun. We were talking about this with Danya. She said, I never realized that pickles and cucumbers are the same thing. She said, I thought they were totally two different things. Which, if you've eaten a pickle and you've eaten a cucumber, I can understand why you think they were two different things, right? Because what happens is you take an ordinary cucumber and you put it in some boiling water or some... some uh, um, Vinegar, thank you, I went uxos on us, um, it, into the water. And what happens is a chemical reaction happens. Two things, one, the water and the, and, the, and the vinegar penetrates it into every single cell, every single cell, and fundamentally changes it. Now, I can change a cucumber into a pickle. Anybody here think you can turn a pickle into a cucumber? <laughs> this is a pickling tank. We're going to get you pickled. How long do they, yeah, I don't know, my canners, are we doing, are we doing half, like half sour? No, what are we doing here today? We were like, so what is it, we were online, we were talking about baptism, and somebody asked, uh, how long, how long do you have to stay under, and, and Scott uh, uh, Turner jumped on and said, till the bubbles stop. <laughs> when we say you have died in baptism, that's not what we're saying, just so you know. Because it's not actually the water that hopefully is penetrating your skin. You're not going to come out looking like a prune, hopefully. <laughs> the thing, the point of it is, is it is saying, God, it is no longer I who live. Amen. I am crucified with Christ. I, through your death, I die to living this life from my own ability. And I have died with you. And my life is hidden with you and God. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. And that's what's happening is we are fundamentally transformed through the gospel. But anybody here, you're only just now waking up to that fact. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Whew. Ephesians tells us there is one baptism. Do you know what that one baptism is? Jesus' baptism. Do you guys remember, if we could pull up that Luke passage... Luke chapter three, we have Jesus. Jesus, who knew no sin, goes to be baptized for repentance of sin. Does that sound weird? Why, what happens? He says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Why was he baptized? He was baptized for you and me. He took upon himself in the same way he took upon all sin on the cross. He was baptized for us. As he was praying, the heavens were open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice from heaven, who was that voice? Jesus. 
the Father, right? God the Father. You are my son whom I love. In with you, I am well pleased. At this point, he had done no miracles. He kept his nose clean. But what he'd really done is he has lived his life in God, full of the Spirit. He had, but here's the deal, is you and I, when we were yet sinners, when we were helpless, when we were powerless, when we were enemies of God in our own minds, because God's never been your enemy. He's never been against you. God pursued you and paid the price so that he could say over you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And so when we go into the tank, we are dying to my right to even make my own declaration over who I am. I'm saying, God, I don't get to evaluate me anymore. Who do you say I am? And when we come up to newness of life, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Mm. We were therefore buried with him in baptism into death. Now, I got to say something about it. Why water? Because drowning is real. (laughs) It's a great symbol. The same reason why we use bread and wine in communion or bread and juice in communion. Why? Because all of us know how to eat. And so when we're taking it in, we're saying this is the real food. His life is my life. I receive it. He nourishes me. God loves using signs that connect with us on a physical level. And so we're going into the water. The other thing is, anybody know that water gets everywhere? There's not a bit of you that doesn't get touched by his grace. There's not a bit of you that God, anybody found that there are areas of your life you didn't know you were screwed up in? (laughs) Maybe everybody else did, but you didn't. And then what happens? But God knows and he pursues us to heal us. There's not an area he's not touching with his grace. There's not an area of that. And when I die, I'm saying, God, I died. But in the same way that marriage, anybody, uh, anybody who's been married for a while figured this out. When you say, I do, when you say, I give you all of me, right? Did you re- have a clue what the world you were saying? <laughs> You're like, oh, 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 oh. Oh, why did I sign a blank check, right? <laughs> They're putting zeros on it every day, right? Anybody, this is this thing is, you, this is why people do vow renewals. Because they're like, okay, 20 years in, I didn't know what was involved. <laughs> Just to be clear. But I can now make an educator decision. <laughs> and it is worth it. This is why the one baptism is his baptism, but it's okay to be rebaptized because it's only his baptism in the first place. It's not my efforts. It's this, I'm just saying, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how good this gospel was. I didn't realize that it truly was him all the time, all the way, in every way. I didn't, I thought, I thought it was me. He saved me from the sin up to the point I said yes to him. But after that, it was up to me. Anybody had that belief? But I, I love this. He said, we've been buried with him, verse four, through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. It's Romans six. So thank you. Um, <laughs> Revelation chapter, no, uh, 42. Um, no, what's happening here is he says this. Other verses, versions say it a different way. Walk in newness of life. 
Anybody discovered that even though it's a moment, living with Christ is a walk? Walk one day at a time, one day at a time, exploring the goodness of the gospel. Anybody discovered some things today that you didn't know the gospel was good for because you didn't know you had that issue? Every day, God, what are we, what are we bringing the cross to bear on now? What is the issue that you're showing you're more than enough for now? What is the area that I didn't even know was an issue that you are pouring out your goodness and filling me up and in your power, your strength is being made perfect in my weakness? And it, when it says a new kind of life, it's another kind of life. It's not the life we lived before cleaned up. It is utterly different in the same way as a lamp that has no light coming out of it is a lamp. But when you plug it in, it is something completely different. You have been plugged into him. And so when we go into the tank, what we're saying is, I died and my life is buried. I, I, I believe, help my unbelief. And in fact, in the same way that when two people stand before God and say, we are getting married. The reason for the wedding ceremony is I'm saying, but I can't God. But I'm asking you, God, we're giving you our marriage that be saying, you, God, we're asking you to make up the difference. We're asking you, God, to come in and to change and to fill us with life and joy and peace that we could actually do this. Anybody found that marriage on your own don't work too well? Yeah. And in that place, so what happens is so often in the marriage, in, in weddings, I know people, they were like, we got married. And I was like, oh, God. Oh my gosh, it was so amazing. I know other people that are like, I, I don't think anything changed. I expected some sort of magic, fairy dust to drop on me. It's not magic, but it's, it's, it's according to our faith. Papa, I'm trusting you with this. It's not, a, it's not a slot machine. I'm trusting you. I can't. You can't. And suddenly what it is is an invitation for God to invade. That's what it is. It's, we, don't, we didn't know what we were saying when we said, I do. And we don't even fully know what we're saying when we're saying, I want all of you, take all of me. But we're saying to the best of my ability, I believe, help my unbelief. And God falls on that. That's why it's so common that when people go into the tank, suddenly they come out different. Yeah. Why? Because God takes that blank check and says, I'll cash that. Here, just leave your demons in the water. <laughs> leave your addictions in the water. Just leave, leave your, your sickness in the water. Leave your brokenness because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I used to live in the flesh, I no longer live. Mm. Which is why we come to uh, the very last words that Jesus spoke before he ascended. Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. How much? All. Is there anything? Remember we talked about he disarmed all the authorities and powers. Is there any authority that can prevent you from saying yes to Jesus? I love this thing that Scott shared with. He shared how God walked him through a process. There were, there were about five different things involved. One was he took, he responded to Jesus for himself. He submitted to his bride right? Submit one to another. He invited other people in. And in the process, they asked for godly wisdom, both human, they asked for help, but also they listened to God. 
And so one of the things that Marina said is she felt led to look up if there are foods that increase your ability to uh, your oxygen levels. And apparently carrots do. So she broke out of her Kareski Markovsky uh, uh, and uh, her, her Korean carrots or Russian carrots or whatever and, and, and paired that with the, th the medicine that somebody else had told them to do. There is the, anybody here, you just want answers? Like, I, I just don't want to get in the weeds with relationship. I just want answers. You are, I am, you are out of luck because this whole thing is relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with his body. And it, all of it revolves around trust. See, trust is the bridge through which relationship, a.k.a. love, flows. And to the degree to which we trust is the degree to which love can flow in. And do you know how you grow in trust? I, I like to say this. There's two types of trust. There's historical trust and there's future trust. Historical trust is I trust you to this point because you've shown that you're trustworthy. But how do you grow trust? You go where trust has never gone before. Anybody found that to be true? You only discover that people, things are trustworthy by stepping out a little further. God, I trust you. Help my lack of trust. I believe you. Help my unbelief. I need you. I can't. I'm unable. Help, Lord. Be my life. Be my hope. Be my everything. And God goes, I will take that to the bank. I invite you into this life of faith. And so what I would encourage right now is, is God calling you to the water this morning? Is he calling you? Now, the worst thing, the problem with the water is anybody, anybody wish that um, Jesus had offered a, uh, a um, I don't want to say, a, a more copacetic solution, a, a, a more, a less uncomfortable uh, you know, a less, I, I love, Danya asked me, she said, what about the ladies for whom their hair is very important? <laughs> what about the ladies for whom their makeup is important? I said, well, I, I, was, talking, I was talking with so, someone this week and they were like, honestly, this is really vulnerable for me. I mean, as a man, you, you, want, to be, you want to be strong, self-sufficient, right? You don't want to be seen as, I need Jesus but the reality is we do. Amen. And there's something that happens through an act of faith when I say, not me, but you, Lord. 